Hey, beer lovers, welcome to today's episode. We are still exploring the craft beer scene in Birmingham, Alabama. We're going to be talking with Ralph Marion, the social media director and assistant keg manager of the craft beer shop and craft beer bar called Hop City Birmingham. We're going to be trying beers from Avondale Brewing Company. We're going to be tasting their Spring Street Saison and finishing with their Sour Pash Fruited Sour. This is a place that really knows sour beers because they actually have an entire room at their brewery dedicated to only sour beers. I cannot wait to share this episode with you because there's some more cool things about Avondale and Ralph was an amazing guest. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast in Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. I am joined with my awesome co-host this month, Tim. Tim, how you doing? You want to say a quick hello? Absolutely. Glad to be back, Molly. I am doing great. I'm excited to try these beers and excited to see everybody out here tonight again. So welcome. We have a great guest tonight, the social media director and assistant keg manager of the really, really cool craft beer shop and craft beer bar, Hop City, Birmingham. He's going to be joining us in just a little bit. Ralph Marion. I'm so excited to introduce him in just a little while. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be tasting some really, really great beers. So hopefully you're joining along uh, from Avondale Brewing Company down there. So we're going to try their Spring Street Saison, which, Mal, you know, I am a huge Belgian beer fan. So I'm going to be loving that. And then this, their Sour Pash, their Fruited Sour. So Sour's definitely been more popular lately. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, me too. And you know what, Tim, I want to go ahead and get right into it. So what do you say we go ahead and open that Saison first? You're speaking my language. Let's do it. This is a nice farmhouse ale. Let's do it. Beautiful golden straw-like color right away. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, a, you know, just a staple of the farmhouse. You're always going to get that great golden color. Oh, man, just looks beautiful. And I know, Tim, yeah, you're a big Belgian beer lover, so I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this. Cheers, guys. Absolutely. Cheers, everybody. You really get that. Belgian yeast, that kind of banana, clovey, rich. It, it, it's it's a richer yeast to me. It almost gives it a little bit more of a viscous quality. Yeah, yeah. And you get that like cloudy puffiness there and you get that nice malt backbone to it. Uh, I, I mean, you just can't go wrong. Uh, the, the farmhouse style, I feel like, is one that a lot of people kind of look over. Um, but this one, I think, should be up there just like your pale ales, you know, your IPAs. I think it should be everywhere because it, it's just such an approachable beer. It's so drinkable and it has so many great qualities that I think people uh, could really latch on to. This is a great beer. Yeah. And Tim, I completely get what you're saying. It's, you know, people, I think, sometimes are intimidated by Belgian beers because they don't know much about it. I feel like sometimes it's more of a select beer that craft beer bars will kind of say, hey, we do Belgian beers. And it's either like a big focus on it or really not at all. Do you agree with that? No, absolutely. And I think that's just the Belgian culture. You know, for a long time, these brews and beers were kind of held behind, you know, a lot of these monks that created them. So a lot of the recipes and the styles just haven't got out uh, as well known. But as Rob mentioned, they're very refreshing. You know, these beers are very approachable and uh, I think are some of the greatest styles. And and like I said, these farmhouse saisons are a wonderful, wonderful addition. So really enjoying this one from Avondale. I agree. And uh, 
a little bit more about this beer. So this farmhouse ale clocks in at 7.2% ABV, just 18 IBUs. And it's got a cool story behind the name. So when the city of Avondale was formed in the 1850s, the main area became known as Spring Street. And on this street, which is now 41st Street in Birmingham, is where you'll find the present day home of Avingdale Brewing Company. Avingdale is now considered just a neighborhood within Birmingham. And it was really fun. I got to explore this neighborhood with my brother, Alan, because he lives there. And he was the one who kind of explained that to me. He was like, yeah, you know, Avingdale's just, you know, it's just a neighborhood within Birmingham. It's a very cool little district there. And the Spring Street Saison, it's a Belgian style farmhouse ale, as we've said. The Saison is Avondale's flagship brew that really helped spawn the formation of Avondale Brewing Company. And this Saison is actually brewed with their house yeast, a four malt blend, and traditional Slovenian hops. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that you have your flagship beer tied to the history of your city, you know, something that that really resonates with the hometown. Like you said, your brother obviously knows that history and follows that, which is just so cool. And also anybody that comes out with a flagship beer at 7% already is one over my heart. Um, but, you know, to, as Molly said, this is just a really great beer. You know, you have that coppery golden color like i said pretty traditional uh with your saison styles and we talked about that malt backbone you know really really unique for this beer style but you're also going to get some tropical in there there's some spicy some peppery notes uh and they have their own house yeast that really contributes to that uh so you know really really hope you get a chance to enjoy this one because uh, I, I know i'm loving it right now it, it's just really a wonderful Absolutely, Tim. That's such a good description. And I love that you said that tropical note because I do taste that. I feel like someone who was maybe like a hazy IPA lover would actually find a lot of comfort and joy in this beer because I'm a big hazy lover and I actually find some familiar notes in there a little bit. A little bit of that tropical, tropical fruit. Yeah, and I know you've talked about in the past how, uh, you know, names like brown ale maybe don't really win themselves over uh, with, with a lot of beer lovers out there. And I think Farmhouse might fall into the same category. You know, people think that maybe uh, it, it doesn't have the same pizzazz. It's not as fancy. Uh, but like I said, this beer is definitely anything uh, less than something that's just found in a barn. <laughs> you know, it's it's a wonderful, well-made beer. So don't be afraid and shied away from the, the name there. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I think that you're right. I think people don't quite understand, you know, farmhouse, but there's, you know, there's just kind of like a nice history behind that. And I think that that's something that people don't really know about. They don't really understand the history of beer. You know, I have to be honest, sometimes with Belgian beers, I can't drink a ton of them because the yeast is really rich. It'll kind of give me a stomach ache. I usually have to stick to just like one, even though I really love them. 
Yeah, I actually brewed a saison. I was I was interested to see uh, that we were, we were doing one today. I, I brewed one this weekend uh, that is very similar here. It's not a farmhouse style, just uh, a little bit more traditional. Um, but I'm hoping it comes out as nice and clear as, as this one. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to get back on my beer game and kind of get everything around the home life kind of squared away here. And Tim, so you mentioned a traditional saison and then also a farmhouse. Could you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between those two? Yeah, the more traditional styles that you have in the Belgian family are, you know, your your dubels, your triples, your quads, and these are ones that people uh, might have had more familiarity with. Things like Duval or uh, Le Fin du Monde, all of those great more malty styles, and you tend to have more of a malt bill there. Uh, You also tend to have a little bit more sweetness uh, in that characteristic where the farmhouse is a little bit more rustic and not to kind of play on the farmhouse name, um, but you typically have a little bit more complexity in the mouthfeel for these beer styles. um, And you also tend to have a a little bit less of that sweetness or that bold, um, you know, kind of malty taste to the character. So a little bit different and like I said, I, I think something that would appeal if you're not somebody that likes a whole lot of that malt sweetness, um, this kind of appeals to more of those, like you mentioned, the hazies or uh, some of those other beer lovers that I think it might it might delve you into uh, Bel- Belgian beers a little bit more. That's so cool. I really love that explanation of it. And I think that sometimes people don't quite understand the difference. So thank you for that. I want to share a couple fun things to do in Birmingham. So definitely visit the Birmingham Botanical Gardens. My family loves it there. It's great for families or to just wander around alone. They have classes like yoga or how to grow garlic or how to pick the right seeds for springtime. So it's a really fun place to go and visit. And it's apparently a really beautiful one in Birmingham. I've heard that from a few other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we've talked a lot about history when we've been talking about Birmingham, um, but specifically uh, checking out the the iron statue of Vulcan. Uh, It's right around the Red Mountain, which is right outside of Birmingham. But this is a 50 ton, 56 foot tall iron statue of Vulcan, who's the Roman god of fire. So ridiculously enormous statue or, or sculpture, I should say. And it's been in Birmingham since the 1930s. Uh, And it was actually created for Birmingham's entry into the Louisiana Purchase Exposition all the way back in the 1904 World's Fair uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. So pretty remarkable. And like I said, Birmingham just keeps throwing out the history facts. And so if you're a history buff and a beer lover, this is definitely the city for you. And also, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about Avingdale Brewing Company. So Avingdale opened 10 years ago, and it's actually owned by good people who we've already featured. So it's the same owners. And they're really more than just a brewery. They are also one of the most popular music venues in Birmingham. They have a beautiful outdoor stage, and they have really good bands play. They had a band called Camp. I don't know if anyone knows them, C-A-A-M-P, that was playing the like night before I got there. I was bummed I missed it. 
Mm. But uh, yeah, they have great music acts there and they also have an outdoor bar. So when you go to a show and you're hearing music outside, there's a bar just steps away. They also, and this is super cool, they have a sour room. So they have a room dedicated entirely to sour beers. You can also rent this room out for private events. Honestly, you could spend a whole day at Avondale. It's huge. Plus they have great food. They also have a golf simulator where you can catch a tea time too. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I'm sure my wife will listen to this. And as soon as she hears Sour Room, I think I know where our next uh, trip is going to be scheduled. She's a huge sour lover. So that's that's amazing that they have one just dedicated to those sour beers. So you walk into Avondale and, you know, there's just like the normal little taproom bar. And then you go outside and there's this giant outdoor bar and the stage. And then the Sour Room is right there. So they didn't have a huge selection. It was maybe like five or six kettle sours, I would say. Um, but yeah, super cool. But they do that. And they have a couple other rooms that you can rent for events. So yeah, like just like a really fun spot. You could just kind of hang out there all day. Yeah, I feel like sometimes uh, sour lovers need a safe space. You know, it's it's not it, it's something that gets a lot of heat. You know, when you when you say it out there. So I'm uh, I'm really happy to hear that they've kind of created that space. That's awesome. So let's open the uh, sour pash. Ooh, talking about all these sours, we might as well. Nice, another nice can. I like I like the simpleness. You know, we talked about that last week as well, but. And I love the color of this can. It's just like a nice sort of, I don't know, looks like watermelon. Right. You can smell it already. That's wonderful. It's one thing I love about sours. You can always yeah. smell them right away. Yeah. And this one clocks in at 4.2% ABV, only five IBUs. A nice session sour. Yeah. And this is one that they have in their sour room. I went right in for a sip. Cheers, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is very sessionable, Tim. Ooh, yeah. But still has a lot of great flavor. Like, I feel like when people hear session and when we talk about session, you know, we're talking about that three to five percent. You know, people always think it might lack flavor. Or it's not as good as some of the more pronounced uh, beers you have out there. But this one really you get that great sour bite there on the front. Um, a little bit of carbonation on the back of your tongue. So really great, great beer here to start. Yeah. And this one's really hazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm loving it. And yeah, very tart, fruit-filled sour, but super quenching and satisfying. And I love the smell of sours that like, they almost go right up in your nose. You know, you can kind of feel the tingles a little bit. And this one definitely gives you a little bit of that tartness. Let's take a beer break. We've been enjoying this beautiful fruited sour ale called the Sour Pash, and it got me thinking, what goes into brewing with fruit? So it can actually be pretty tricky because you don't really know how much flavor is going to come through. Apparently, raspberry, cherry, and apricot are the most common fruits used, and it's because they're really easy to work with, and they also have a high concentration of flavor and a low concentration of water. 
water. When a fruit has more water, you're obviously going to have to use more of it to get that flavor really concentrated in there. So fruits with a high water concentration, like peach, pear, or strawberry, they're going to require more fruit per gallon. And fruit can be added to the beer in different forms. You can choose something like a canned fruit puree, which is going to be really consistent and safe since it comes pre-sanitized. That's going to save brewers some work and also the headache about worrying about bacteria. There's some fruits with a pit, like a peach. They're going to have to actually cut through that to make it usable in the beer. So that can be a lot of work. I personally love fruited beer and learning all that goes into it has made me even more grateful for these delicious beer styles. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, this one's really refreshing. I feel like this would be a great beer to end your day at the botanical gardens on a hot day or if you're hiking or something. Really nice. I like this one. I love a nice sort of soft round kettle sour, a little softer on the palate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice, well-balanced too. You know, it's just, it's different. It's different. And I think that the session also allows you, you know, to not go too crazy with it. So, you know, when I started off on sours, I was doing like bourbon barrel age sours, you know, on on the West Coast. But, um, you know, glad to hear that these have come around to a session style as well. And just a small disclaimer on this episode, you can definitely tell how popular Hop City is because there is a bit of background noise and chatter happening, but bear with us because Ralph is still an amazing guest. Let's welcome on our guest this evening, Ralph Marion, the social media director and assistant keg manager of Hop City, Birmingham. Ralph, how are you? (laughs) Good to see you. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for having me on. Ralph, we always love to start out by asking everyone their craft beer origin story. So, Ralph, how did you first get into craft beer? So the way that I always tell people about how I got into craft beer is kind of I'd start out from very, very beginning. So for me, the first time I ever had an actual taste of beer was when I was like a wee little child. And this is by accident. So um, hanging out with my, you know, great-grandparents and everything like that and Selma, Selma, Alabama and just, you know, hanging out with family and everything like that. There was one time I saw a red can thinking that it was a can of Coca-Cola. So I took a sip of that, found out that it was actually Budweiser and then just completely spit it out and everything I was going to get into beer again. Fast forward, me being into college, roughly about like 22, 23 there's a place that used to be around here called the J Clyde. And that was pretty much like one of the biggest um, beer bars in the whole area. Pretty much like one of the places that kind of helped start craft beer in the city and somewhat in the state. And the first time I ever had a beer, it was the Good People Brown. And that was literally my first step into it. And then flash forward into where I'm at now, worked at many different beer bars and breweries and just got my name out in different areas and just you know here I am today so it kind of just started from back when I was like about five or six and now here I am you know being one of the people to work at an amazing place like Hop City. Yeah you've definitely stepped into the craft beer scene in a really big way so what is your day-to-day like at Hop City Birmingham? So day-to-day is pretty much literally for me 
like you mentioned earlier, I'm the assistant care, one of the assistant care managers here and whatnot. So literally my thing is as soon as I get in, I am checking to make sure to see what beers are here, but then also what beers might have kicked and are just need to be put on. And we have 66 beers or at least 66 taps available. And so that means that we can put on anything from like IPAs to sours to lagers to stouts to porters to Belgians, like a whole bunch of different stuff. We got two options that are non-alcoholic. And then we also have three options that are gluten-free. They will not touch anything that has any form of gluten. Like literally there, anything from ciders to meads to seltzers, that's all those those all those lines will be and whatnot so that's literally what we do and my thing is i just come in and just try to learn more as i go along because literally the way that this store is there's a hundred fifteen hundred different beers and wines here so we got fifteen hundred different beers here fifteen hundred different wines here from all over not just here in birmingham not just here in alabama but like all across the country all across the world and we get so many different things where it's just kind of, it kind of gets a little bit overwhelming at times. But the good thing about it is you get to try so many different new things that you can never really just get used to one style. And your your palate's always changing in a way and whatnot. So it's always just like a really cool and interesting time whenever you're working around. And so you guys have beers on draft. Do you guys serve yes. wine there too? I don't know if I noticed. I mean, you sell wine. Yeah. It? So, yeah. So, literally, um, this was something that we were planning to do, make a big thing last year. But obviously, you know, the world went crazy and a lot of things happened. So, we weren't able to do it like how we planned it. But we do have a wine bar, and it's going to be stuff that you won't see at usual wine places. This is going to be a what we say, quote unquote, fancier and a little bit more different than what you would get at your typical, like, you know, restaurant or bar or anything like that. It's going to be a little bit more unique and whatnot. But we got some beers, not beers, but some wines that's going to be on draft. And then some that we actually put through a corvin, which is pretty much a little contraption to where the needle will go through the cork. And then, of course, pours through a particular gas car, Argon, that helps it keep it stay fresher longer without actually taking out the cork from the bottle itself. I've heard of that. And um, do you guys at Hop City, do you focus more on the retail aspect or the beer bar? Because both are really huge. You guys had a huge, I bought a bunch of beer to take home and a bunch of wine, but then you also have this massive tap list. So is there a focus or do you just kind of try to split it? So it's really just more display. I mean, we are majority of more of a wine, like a beer and wine store that just so happens to have, you know, drinks that you can be able to drink here and whatnot. But our bar is probably like one of our biggest parts of the whole area as it is. So it's not just, oh, you know, we focus more on just the retail part or we just focus more on the, um, the bar part and whatnot it's a nice little split to where it's kind of like you know a lot of people come around and see a lot of the stuff that we have on our draft wall and then they might try to get that and take it home with them and the good thing about it is not only do we have our um where you can get cans or bottles or whatnot we also do growlers here as well so if you got anything that you see on draft and you want to take that home and we just so happen to not have it on our um, on our shelves, you can get a growler to take home with you. And we got like 32, 64 ounce growlers and whatnot. 
Absolutely. No, that's really cool. And I'm curious. So you guys have a lot of taps. How many do you have again? What did you say? 66. So we have 66 different um, taps available. Um, a majority of them are going to be, you know, your standard taps. And like I said, we do have some that are going to be non-alcoholic, some that will be only for gluten-free. And then for right now, we do have two different taps that are going to be for nitros and whatnot. So we do have some nitro beers on from time to time as well. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our beer club members get to tune in live with me and ask any questions that they want to me, my co-host, or the guest. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's hear what it was. Do you fill crowlers, cans, or just glass crowlers? So it's just only, so we don't do crowlers. We don't have the actual um, the actual contraption to actually seal the crowlers or anything like that. So we only do the glass growlers, but we also have a plastic growler that's available for 32 ounce size as well. And so how do you keep all these 66 draft lines in? So the main thing about it is, especially with me being around here, and I got to give a huge shout out to Annie Good, who's our assistant um, GM, but then also she's one of the other assistant general or the assistant bar managers here. Like literally the way that she's been doing the um, program here has been freaking awesome. And for her, what she's been doing, like pretty much when we um, change a beer, we always clean the line. So literally we rinse out the line first, put a little bit of the beer line cleaner in, give it like about a few minutes to make sure that it settles and actually, you know, clean the line and everything like that. And then from there, we rinse it out, make sure that all the cleaner is out, make sure that is there's no, nothing left of the cleaner. It's just only water left and put on the next beer. And we have like a, we have a system here to where we try to make sure that we're not putting on the same beers all the time. We always, every quarter, so pretty much like every four months, we will do it like a deep clean and clean out every single line all at once and whatnot to where we make sure that there, our main thing is we want to make sure that there's nothing from the previous beer into the beer that you're tasting now. And I, I really loved my visit to Hop City. I bought a bunch of beer. I stocked my brother's fridge because, like I said, he lives there. And I bought some wine for me to take home because we were doing dinner at my mom's house later that night. And I love my mom, but she doesn't always buy the, the best wine. That's okay. Yeah. No, no judgment. But I'm going to go to Hop City, Birmingham, and I'm going to get I'm going to get the wine I like. And you know, funny story. There was a little mix up with my tab when I was sitting at the bar because the couple next to me they had the same last name as me. Their last name was also Lamb. Lamb. <laughs> How weird is that? My last you name is Lamb. Walk into a bar. I mean, that that's the start of a joke, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I know there's other lambs out there, but it was so funny. The the uh, bartender, she was so great. She hands me the tab and I was like, oh, you know, because I just had like a little small pour and I was like, why is it like $36? And she was like, your last name is Lamb. I was like, yeah. And then the woman next to me said, oh, wait, we're Lamb. And I was like, oh my God, high five. <laughs> that was really funny. That was definitely a memorable experience for sure. Well, uh, Ralph, how many locations do you guys have? And, and is there any expansion plans? I know you've talked a lot about everything you're doing, but I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so right now, so with Hopsey, we are based out of Atlanta. So pretty much we are the only place outside of the whole state of Georgia for Hop City. Yeah, so there's three other locations 
outside of just from us. So altogether, there's four. So you have us, you have one that's in West End that's over there near Monday Night Garage. You have another one that's over in the Crog Street Market, food market. And you also have another one that's over in Fayetteville. Now, within that, those are just the hop cities. We also got a restaurant called Barley Garden that's also over in uh, Fayetteville. But then you also got Boxcar, which is also right above the um, the West End locations and whatnot. So we also, have, like I said, we have the stores and whatnot. We have the bars, but then we also have the restaurants as a part of the Hop City family as well. Now, to go on with what you were saying, are we going to be extending from there? From there? Yeah, we're expanding. In other, I mean, it sounds like you're in everything, but any other yeah, so, expansions? So there, there's plans in the future. Nothing as of yet. Uh, there's going to be possibilities of stuff, you know, for maybe, you know, more in Georgia, possibly some stuff that we might be doing here in the future, but nothing in the immediate future. So I, I know you're a social media uh, type person, and I know that that's extremely popular now. If anybody's on Untapped or any of the well-known different apps out there, uh, they probably know that taking a good picture of beer is, is difficult. So, do you have any tips for how people can take that best picture to go on whatever social media they're throwing it on? Well, funny that you mentioned that. So, the picture that y'all have right behind y'all is the one that I actually took. So that's the one. So that's literally the picture I took. So literally, it's it's literally one of those where, so I have my own platform that I do onto the side called Beer Black Man. And it's pretty much just a whole thing where we talk about diversity, representation, inclusion, and craft beer. And literally a lot of my stuff that I do is try to take pictures on Instagram and whatnot. So a lot of the ways that I kind of do it is just kind of more just, you just try to make sure that A, you have to picture the beer or you have the beer in place like how you want like if you want to have it like real fun or real kind of serious or just you know like how it is right behind y'all and then just go from there just try to get the feel that you want and whatnot for me it's always just trying to just figure out okay what am i trying to get for that particular picture what am i what kind of messages am i trying to put portray and whatnot and a lot of times for what we're doing here at hop city is just more to try and make sure that the beer is there and whether it's like a new beer that's coming in a returning beer or something really special like if we have anything for from the bar and whatnot and we want to talk about that and have that be a, a thing just the main thing about it is you want to make sure that the, the beer looks sexy in a sense but then also you want to make sure that the area behind the beer is also pleasing as well because you just don't want to have like a whole bunch of clutter but you don't want it just to make it look just dull if that makes any sense absolutely yeah i'm definitely one of those people that spends a few minutes uh, every time i'm checking in a beer uh probably a little <laughs> too much time if you ask people that i'm, I'm with but um, along those same lines what are some of the favorite campaigns uh, in the social media realm that you've done that you've really loved so the thing about like what we do around here, especially because I've only been doing the social media part here for like since September, October of last year. So I'm still fairly new to doing it for a business, especially like Cop City and whatnot. Usually it's, I do my own social media. So for me to do the social media here, it's a little bit different. With that being said, the way I kind of do it is I try to put a lot of more emphasis on a lot of the kind of like fun stuff. So we do like a lot of fun promotions, like something that we started last year 
was called I'm Dreaming of a Dark Christmas. And pretty much it's a celebration. It's our 12 days of Christmas. And every single day we release some form of a dark beer, whether it is a stout, a porter, Belgian quad, strong dark. You know, it could be a brown. It could be a lot of different things. And we just try to have fun and just trying to do those kind of things. So, and something that we did last year, since we weren't usually at the first Sunday of October, we have our anniversary party. And that's a big old thing to where we celebrate how many years we've been around. Like I said, we've been around for nine years. And usually we have like a big party to invite people to come around. We take off all the quote unquote regular beers on our draft and put off one-offs, like just specialty beers. A lot of times we do collaborations on the breweries around here. But for some, what we did last year, we wasn't able to do that. So we did to where it's a whole month long. So we did from October 1st to October 31st. And we did release two beers every single time. And we did a whole thing to where we took pictures all across the area that we're in here in Pepper Place. And we just kind of just took pictures and just made it to where we just showcased not just us, but in all of our all of our neighbors around here. And we just give all the love that we can. That's so cool. I love that. And we have a question in the chat, Ralph. So Jennifer's wondering if you can say a little bit more about the uh, the Instagram you said, the Black Beer Man. Her husband's a Black craft beer lover, and he's wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, so... Again, it's called Beer Black Man, and pretty much it's spelled B-E-E-R-E-D, Black Man. And pretty much what that is, like I said, it's where I talk about more about representation, diversity, and inclusion in craft beer, because for somebody like me, who doesn't really see a lot of people that come around into some of this, into Hop City or into some of the breweries and whatnot, it's kind of, it kind of gets to where it's kind of like, are there any others like me? And that's how I kind of started. And just literally just kind of showcasing all the beers I do or all the beers I taste. Um, talk about different kind of stuff that's going on in the city and kind of big news that's going on. Anything that needs to be talked about because if there's a lot of people that don't get that kind of representation or it feels like they get shown enough and whatnot. And I want to be able to help kind of bring out that word. So I want everybody to feel like they're going to be welcome and whatnot. And that's how I always felt like no matter where I worked at or any kind of position that I am at craft beer, I want to make sure that somebody that comes in, they feel like they can be at this bar because they deserve to be at the bar. Absolutely, Ralph. And I love so much that you're bringing this up. There's been so many times I have wanted to make this podcast more diverse, but I am constantly talking to cis white male brewers. So it is hard to do that. Um, so thank you very much for that. You know, a lot of people are not represented. You know, when you look at kind of the old school beer ads, it's like skinny white women playing volleyball or fit white men playing volleyball or like on a yacht or I, like, I don't know. So many people are marginalized and left out of the beer community. So I think yes. it is great. I think Instagram is really fun because it can actually really give you this platform to say, hey, I'm this person and I love beer. And I bet there's other people like me out there too. And let's make this inclusive because beer should be. And also, I am curious just to uh, get a little social flair from you. What is your ideal day off in Birmingham? 
sleeping. <laughs> like literally. So, so literally to when you Molly was messaging me uh, a lot last week, I was actually on my week off, and that was the first time I had a week off in like two years. So when I had my week off, the first couple of days, I literally stayed at home, did nothing. I literally just was watching Netflix shows. I watched some, you know, anime, read some comics. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I watched a bit, uh, some wrestling and whatnot, um, and just kind of relax and chill, just enjoy myself. And the people that work here in the service industry are phenomenal, and it only gets better with the people. It only makes it better that, you know, the people that work around here are freaking awesome. So, um, but to go back to your answer or your question, um, pretty much just try to find some way just to get some sleep. That's the main thing. Yeah, I completely hear you. And I actually, that is the first time I have heard that answer. So, and also as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire question. So Ralph, this is a little bit of a surprise. The idea is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? Let's go for it. All right. Multi beers or hop forward styles? Multi all day. Ooh. All right. How about Cascales? Yay or nay? I would go for a Cascale here and there. Uh, yes. Pretty much yes. Beer you're most looking forward to drinking this winter? Oh, like any form of a bourbon barrel aged, you know, beer and whatnot. Like literally, that's why I'm drinking right now that's awesome yeah love the bourbon barrel so i'm right with you on that how about your favorite beer and food pairing Ooh, like pretty much any form like any form of dark beer so i don't know even say like a really good like like brown ale i always say a brown ale or an amber ale is my favorite with food those kind of like multi beers i love a brown ale it's one of my favorite oh my god what is your favorite thanksgiving beer so there's a beer that came out not too long or like about two years ago from north coast and it was a cranberry berliner vice and literally it was so crisp but it had like the right amount of spice from the cranberries and i just as soon as i had i was like this is a thanksgiving beer bar none and it worked so perfectly with like so my mom cooks like fried turkey and then she does mac and cheese dressing collard greens and whatnot and just it, it fits so well with that so i'm actually thinking on thanksgiving i want to bring some smoked beers i want to like i love smoked beer with food i feel like that would go so well with turkey and stuffing and that's the thing about like especially when it comes to smoked beers it's definitely one of those where it's definitely one of those niche beers to where it's definitely going to be something where either you're going to like it or you don't Absolutely agree. Yeah, I'm excited for our episode the week after Thanksgiving because I really can't wait to hear everyone's Thanksgiving beers. But uh, <laughs> Ralph, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Yes. So um, if you're here in Birmingham or coming around the Birmingham area on December 6th, Monday, December 6th, we will be doing a holiday wine show. And that's going to be something that's going to be going on. It's going to be about 35 plus wines that will be available. Tickets are $20. You can go ahead and call us here at the store 
at area code 205-279-2337 or easy way to remember 205-279-BEER. That's pretty much our phone number. And that's pretty much easy way to do that. And then um, tickets are $20. And then if you decide to get a bottle of wine from the show, then $10 from that will go into the purchase of that bottle. And then also, like I said, I got my own stuff going on. I got a collaboration beer that's on draft right now as we speak that I did with Straight to L uh, Huntsville. It's a English barley wine, age or wood chips. That's my fourth collaboration I did. So if you want to come around here, it's called What's Good, Old Chip? And then um, like literally just come around, hang out, have a good time with us. It's going to be good. I promise you on that. The Hop City Birmingham is such a progressive, cool craft beer bar and store with also wine. It's kind of got something for everyone. We could not miss the opportunity to feature you guys. So I'm so honored that you were able to come on. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Tim. Be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Luke Garner, head brewer at Trim Tab, and taste their continuum wheat-based double IPA and their Imperial Euphora, now Berliner Weiss. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at molly underscore Bruce Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers. 